Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest. She's a sports writer at The Ringer and author whose book, Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP, comes out on August 10th on Hatchet Books. It's Marin Fader. Hi. Hi. Wow, that was so nice. I, I love it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah. We, we're fans uh, and we're so glad to have you on. It's so fun to have you here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have so many questions for you because yes. you have so much going on right now uh, with your book coming out. But first, we want to know just how you got into basketball. Yeah, it's funny because I um, I was in fifth grade and I saw these guys at my elementary school just like running and I was like, where are they going? You know, it's like recess and it was like 20 of them and I was just eating lunch with my girlfriends and then something just, I don't know, it like compelled me to go see what they were doing and then they all ran to this, what looked to me like a uh, rectangular area with two hoops. And I was like, what is this? And, um, something just made me go down there and like dribble and shoot. And it was just so fun. I just loved it. So I was hooked and I was like, okay, I'm terrible, but I I'm in love with this. (laughs) (laughs) So you just played in the schoolyard starting out? Yeah, I just played in the schoolyard and I became the first girl to join um, the elementary school basketball team. And so I played like religiously, like every day I was like, I want to go to the WNBA. Like this was when Lisa Leslie was on the Sparks and I'm from LA. And so, yeah, basketball was like my life for the next decade. It's crazy. Amazing. That's awesome. So did you like play through high school and stuff? Yeah. So I played through high school. I played AAU. I did all of that. Um, I ended up playing my first year at Lewis and Clark College. Um, and then guys, I'm also five feet tall. So <laughs> my, uh, my WMBA dream did not work out. However, I was like, what's next best? Okay. Sports writer. So that's how that happened. Nice. Amazing. Um, and you, w- did you have a team that you like rooted for most? Yeah, I was definitely a Lakers fan for mm-hmm. sure, obsessed and Sparks. Um, but I also love Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird. And so mm-hmm. like part of me was like UConn, you know, everything. I made my family take me to Stores, Connecticut when I was 10. And like there's no reason for a Cali girl to just go to Stores, Connecticut <laughs> other than <laughs> other than UConn women's basketball. And um, it was so cool. I, I got to go and uh, we just went in the gym one random day and like guess who was there shooting when nobody was there at Tarasi. So Oh my God. Yeah. I was oh like, wow. This is what it's about practicing when no one's looking, you know? <laughs> Did you talk to her? No, I was dying until my cousin, my my cousin, uh, who was there with me, she I was like, You have to go get her autograph. Like, I can't speak right now, like I'm too nervous. And so my cousin <laughs> went up to her, interrupted the Queen's workout to get us oh, no. autographs. Yeah. So thank God for my cousin. I still have it on my desk too. Cute, <laughs> I love that. So cute. I'm from Phoenix, so huge oh. Tarasi fan. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, so we, so we've been doing the show for a couple years and one of our, one of our first episodes we talked about, we covered a Bucks game and we talked about like, we didn't know very much at all about any of the players. We talked about how Giannis was just like a very intense guy on the court and, uh, he came off like 
like mean or something. I think that was our takeaway initially. And then some of the lovely listeners of this podcast were like, no, he's amazing. You need to like learn about his story. There's so many other aspects of him. Um, so, w- so we just want to know like, what, what was it about him that really drew you to him and want to write about him? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think his story is so human. Um, It started out of a Bleacher Report story that I did um, on him and his brother. And, you know, at the time, everyone was just talking about the physicality, right? Like you mentioned me and like, oh my God, like this freak, like he can dunk all this stuff. But I was like, why don't they ever talk about the mental toughness or the mental sides? And so when I was with him and his brother in their house, I was like, there was such a vulnerability between them and, and like softer sides. And so I was like, huh, I think this, I think this story is one that, you know, you can't really put it into 3000, 4000 words, right? Like it needs a book. Um, so yeah, I just, I think so many people found him endearing and they fell in love with his story, but not much is known between like grew up really poor to like NBA MVP. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want to try to like find out everything that happened in between. Amazing. Can you talk about a little bit uh, about your process, like researching and like meeting, hanging out with his family and, and just all the prep you put into making this book happen? Yeah. Well, if there was ever a time to be locked away in your apartment and writing a book, it is during coronavirus. And that is <laughs> exactly what happened. Um, because I I did the story on him and his brother in like June 2019. Mm-hmm. And then the proposal for the book was done by December 2019. And that alone was really hard. Like you have to write like a 50 page thing and try mm-hmm. to convince a publisher that, you know, here's what the book would be about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like shopped to different publishers early 2020. And then the deal wasn't even signed yet, but it was like late February. And I was like, I got to get to Milwaukee because, you know, it's my first book and I was nervous and I was like, I'm just going to start, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. So luckily I did that because the world shut down like literally like five days after that. Oh my um, goodness. Wow. So I got the family again right before Corona, but yeah, it was crazy. Um, so from that point on about March, 2020 to March, 2021, I only had a year, you know, most people get two years to do a book, mm-hmm. but I had a year because at the time we weren't sure if Giannis was going to stay in Milwaukee or not. And so mm. they thought, okay, it has to come out sometime summer 2021, you know, depending like what he's going to choose. So I only had a year and I couldn't travel because the virus. Um, so I would just wake up every day, uh, like five, 6am and just call people in Greece, um, cause the time difference <laughs> uh-huh. and just interview people. And I ended up interviewing 221. Um, wow. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of work, a lot of preparation and but it was fun, you know, it's like finding old articles in Greek about, you know, 17 year old Giannis and mm-hmm. getting a translator. And so, you know, it was a lot of leg legwork, excuse me. Wow. That's, that's great that you managed to like go do the like home meetup right before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like that's lucky because otherwise it probably would have been delayed a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's, and I went to the, um, I think they were playing the thunder too. So I got to go to a game, which was great. I just walked up to ushers. What does Giannis mean to you? And then I got to walk up to fans and truly think I'd be screwed without that trip. Um, so yeah, it was super lucky. And then I ended up flying to, uh, Sacramento from there because the Kings were playing the Pistons and like six of his former teammates somehow all ended up on the Pistons. And so <laughs> I did that. And then literally after that, the world shut down. Wow. wow. That's amazing. 
I mean, we we got a little sneak peek of the book yeah. and already <laughs> uh it like there's so many cute moments that you describe of Giannis with his family, especially his brother Alex. Mm-hmm. Um and how he's he's kind of taken on a father role for Alex yeah. and and is really pushing him. I wonder cuz it seems hard to get people to open up to you, but they seem to to open up to you really well. Do you have like um just a natural <laughs> Do you have tricks? Do you have just like a natural way with people or you know, I do not have a trick bag. I, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I had some secret potion. Um, yeah, that's really kind of you to say. I think I think it's just about like thinking about what you would be like if the tables were turned, right? Mm-hmm. And like, what if it was my dad that died? And like, how would I want people to approach me? Right? I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I wouldn't want them on the first ten minutes of talking to me be like, so tell me about how hard that was, you know, it's like, it's just not the human approach, you know, like think of the first time you two met each other. Like it probably took a while to like get the chemistry that you both have and, you know, the friendship. And I think it's the same thing with subjects. And so, you know, fortunately, you know, I have the time and space as a long form writer to do that. That's a real privilege, but you know, we didn't even really get into the dad's death until like four hours in, I would say Mm -hmm. with Alex. So, um, and it's just realizing like you don't you don't have a right to somebody's trauma, you don't have a right mm-hmm. to somebody's story. And I think if you approach it like that and say, Can I talk to you about this? They're more likely to open up and you're also prepared for them to say, No, I'm not comfortable and you have to be okay with that as a reporter too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I knew with this story it would require not just you know, them to open up, but also just all the people around him. You know, it's from got somebody who was like 14th man training camp hopeful to like, you know, somebody really close. So it's, it's just, I don't know, it's viewing every interview as really important, even if it's somebody nobody's ever heard of, even if you spend three hours doing it for one gem, it's like just valuing that time. And if people feel like you value their time, they're more likely to, you know, talk to you sincerely, I think. For sure. Yeah. Has has Giannis read the book? What does he think about it? <laughs> I highly doubt that. Um, <laughs> I think he's a little busy uh, trying to win a championship. Um, uh, I, have no, is I, I haven't heard about that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like we're kind of like in the middle of this historic run. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it makes me nervous. But at the same time, I, I know that I tried to like honor their family story and mm-hmm. their spirit. So we'll see. You couldn't have picked a better time to be releasing this book, honestly. <laughs> this, yeah. they're they're because I've been reading while you know I'm watching this Hawk series right now, and it's like pairing so perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you interview a lot of his former teammates from Greece and his coaches, and even the cafe owner that he was friends with in his neighborhood. And it just paints this lovely picture of, you know, who he is as a person and who he was as a kid growing up. Um, and you you mentioned that you were doing the, all of this over Zoom and <laughs> in Greek, in, like with a translator, I imagine. Um, how mu- You must have gotten so much more than you put in the book also. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. How, <laughs> how did you... Um, 
you know, decide who to talk to or, you know, fig- find out like what goes in the book, what doesn't. Yeah, I think, you know, well, thanks for saying all that first. But I think also it's, it that's the hardest part, right? Is like, there's so much information and there's so many people you talk to, but not mm-hmm. every detail is important. And so um, I think the first thing is just the agony of transcribing. It's like, I need to see what I have done, you know, like mm-hmm. I need to, I need to like see all these interviews to know like what anecdotes did we get? What didn't we get? What do we need to get? And, you know, at the end of every interview, I'm like, okay, who else do you know that knew him? Can you connect me to this person? So like mm-hmm. one person connects you to three and then three connects you. It's a chase, you know, I, and I love that. I love that aspect of reporting, like trying to always make the extra call um, because you never know who has a story. You just, you never yeah. know. Um, and that's the fun part, but it's also like super laborious. So uh, unfortunately for the environment, I hope nobody hates me. I printed out um <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the stuff on binders and um, I had an anecdote book. So if, if an anecdote like really, you know, I don't know, saying to me, I guess I would just like write it down in this book and then where I got it from. Um, because with so many people and so much information, you forget where you got things from. Yeah, Like you, you remember like, oh, I really enjoyed that interview, but I don't remember what he said. And so the anecdote book was like really helpful. And um, I honestly, my publisher kept me in check because every month I had 20,000 words due. So I could not start like start writing super later. I literally had to turn in stuff. And so mm-hmm. normally my process is like, report everything and then write. But I was mm-hmm. doing both of them at the same time, you know, wow. for the first time in my career. So it kind of helped in a way because I was like, all right, I'm only focusing on early life. We're not going to report or write the later stuff till mm-hmm. later. So in a mm-hmm. way it was really hard, but it helped. Do you have a favorite anecdote about him? Oh gosh. I, well, okay. Since you mentioned mean at the beginning, Um, my, one of my favorite anecdotes is that he was so not mean at the beginning and he had to practice his scowl in front of the mirror (laughs) (laughs) and I just love it because you know, you see him now, yeah, you see him now. He's like, so like, oh my God, you know, it's just like so intense and so scary. And he looks like a Greek God, you know, I would not not take a charge. Every time somebody takes a charge against him, I'm like, oh dear God, like bless this (laughs) person for trying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, But I think like, you know, going back and hearing, you know, Brandon Knight telling me about like, yeah, I saw him practicing in front of the mirror, you know, he was trying to look intimidating. And and he would just like flex his biceps in front of everyone like I'm getting bigger. Yeah, you see me like, you know, I just thought that was just so cute. Because he had never weightlifted before Mm -hmm. until the NBA. So I really enjoyed learning about that. You know, the strength coach, Robert Hackett, telling me he had to teach him how to bench press. You know, it's like his path was so untraditional. You mentioned in the book um, the little interview that one of the recruiters did when he was still in Greece. And uh, we've watched this interview before where he's just like, he says his name. He said, it's like, what's your goal? And he's like, to be in the NBA. And it's the cutest little baby Aww. face. <laughs> I know. And there was like this little twinkle in his eye. You mm-hmm. know, he's just looking up because the camera angle. So he was just looking up and it's just crazy. You look at that and his body then and now it's it's insane. It's yeah. totally insane. <laughs> we also watched a, a commercial of him where he 
or was that a no? It was a TV it was a TV show. show. Gabe, do you actually have yeah. the clip? No. <laughs> so he was he was he did a TV show with his mom where he was like a he had a one line. Like not an extra, but he had like a little bit. Part. He had one line. Yeah, he was like, he was like, somebody like busted into his apartment, and he was like, "She's dead. She's d- dead. She's gone." <laughs> and it's the cutest little thing. <laughs> we'll send you a he's link. So, yeah, he's so funny. That's the thing. Like he is so lovable because like he would just crack up all his teammates. Mm-hmm. And rookie year, like his voice was so squeaky, and he was learning English, and so everything he said just was like even funnier because he was just so innocent, so Aww. you know, so new. Yes, yes, we we love his iconic smoothie tweet. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> right. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's, uh, you know, he tried a smooth. He said, "I tried a smoothie for the first time." God bless America, <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> I was like, how do you cite Twitter in a book, in an EndNote book? <laughs> so cute. Um, and there, there, there it goes. goes. I just taste for the first time a smoothie. Man, God bless me. <laughs> Smiley face. And that's Classic. 2014. Yeah. Um, it's come so far. Um, He's probably eat, eat, drinking smoothies every day. I know. <laughs> that's the. That's also another, you know, great thing about this book is like you hear where he came from and how how poor his family was and how much right. they struggled. Right. And then, you know, you see a tweet like that and you're like, this 100% makes sense because, <laughs> right. because right. of where he came from. Um, and, and, you know, some days he didn't eat. And, right. you know. So you also, we wanted to uh, briefly ask you, you did a profile on LaMelo Ball before he was drafted, um, you went down to Australia, hung out with him. Um, did you sense that he was going to become <laughs> Rookie of the Year <laughs> when no. that happened? <laughs> no. And everyone that's like, oh, I knew. I, I'm like, you guys did not know. None of us knew. You know, I just hate this revisionist history. You know, it's, I think the thing that like, the thing with LaMelo that I did see is confidence. You know, I, mm. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Like literally I have no idea. It could either go really well, really bad. Maybe he doesn't play at all. Maybe they put him on the bench. Like there was just mm-hmm. so many possibilities I was thinking, but I just noticed that there was like a confidence about him and a self-assuredness. And it's not um, like, I know a lot of people thought he was really arrogant. He wasn't at all like literally at all, the most coachable, nice kid. Um, But there is a self-belief that just knows he belongs and knows that like he's kind of been prepared for this moment his whole life. You know, he was kind of like forced into basketball Mm -hmm. um, and like learned to love it, but it wasn't a choice. Um, And so I think like that just really stuck out. Like no matter what happens, I don't see him losing confidence. Um, but yeah, it's so strange how quickly things have changed, like in the narrative, you know, it went, I think he was, he was the first time we all like really watched somebody grow up over the internet. And I mm-hmm. think, I think like watching him grow up over the internet and watching like the hatred that came his way because of his dad and now seeing the complete opposite. Oh my God, he's so amazing. We love him. It's, it just changed so rapidly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt a lot more sympathy for him after reading your article because he definitely, you know, 
had his own struggles. I mean, thinking about Giannis versus Mello, it's like they had very, very different upbringings, but, uh, you know, both didn't have it necessarily easy. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when somebody has all the expectations in the world that you're supposed to go to the NBA and somebody like Giannis where nobody expects you to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, like they both come with their own challenges. I think Giannis, it created a work ethic in him that allowed him to never take anything for granted and just always, always, always like being grateful for the opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. With LaMelo, it created a steely demeanor where he could not really process or feel a lot of the things he went through because he was under so much scrutiny. So that had its own effects. But if you take the positive, like we just did with Giannis, it really, I feel like that forced him to mature. And I feel like that's why he is so poised and he is so ready for better, for worse. It Mm -hmm. made him into him. Right. So what are your um, thoughts on this current season and the Bucks, you know, current playoff run? I'm just sitting here like I have not been into a game like this in a minute. Like I'm just like <laughs> when they when they mess up, I'm like, you guys get it together, you know, and I like you're not allowed to be a fan because, you know, you're supposed to not be biased, but. You know, mm-hmm. books don't books don't sell themselves. So I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, Giannis, can you please stop shooting threes? Oh, you man. Know? Um, person- <laughs> yeah, I guess it is like directly like if the Bucks win, then that you know that'll that's huge. boost the book. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's hard to sell a book in 2021. You know, yeah. if you ask people like, do you read? You know, not a lot of people read books. So you know, I'm hopeful, but. It's just interesting. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, these playoffs are so boring. Like, look at these teams. I am like having a blast. I don't know about you, but like, I think they're so fun. Yeah, I don't think it's boring at all. We we love that it's all new teams. Like, like, whoever wins is going to be exciting for them and for their city. The last time the Bucks went to the finals was like, what this? Was it the 80s? It was 80s? Yeah. Yeah. Super long ago. And everyone else is new. Yeah, it's not like I think the people who say it's boring are the people who are mad that the Lakers are not (laughs) in anymore. (laughs) Like that's my impression. You know, as an LA native, sometimes you just have to take your L and say the universe was not with us for this season, and the injuries and the basketball gods were not looking out, and that's just life. (laughs) Yeah, we're super excited about the these conference finals. Yeah, I like all four teams. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're all fun, exciting teams. Um, So we always ask our guests this question. You can opt out if you want because you do have to have bias. Uh, What if it's like against the journalistic code? (laughs) You can totally opt out. Don't worry. You won't offend us. But we ask every guest uh, of the players in the current league. um, And and it is consensual. Who would you kiss? (laughs) Girl, I cannot answer that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Totally fine. We we ask everyone, like, so I just wanted to consensual. I was like, what is she about to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we I'm added that five years that- old. I'm getting all flushed. Like I can't. <laughs> um we yeah, we added that taking little, it to the grave. That bit about <laughs> consent after someone was like 
well, do they want to kiss me? And we were like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, uh, this is a great question. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't want it to, we don't want to be implying anything weird here. It's a consensual two-way thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I got to go but, back and listen to who has chosen who, but yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. A lot of, there's a lot of great answers. <laughs> Lots of people pick Giannis. Yes, Giannis and, is a popular one. I think he's a great answer because yeah. he's so sweet. He's, you know, he's just like, a cute, fun guy yeah you know for sure he's on my <laughs> <There you> list <laughs> <laughs> the list is long though. yeah <laughs> like many many names for me um thank you so much for doing this we really really appreciate it anything else you want to plug no i just want to thank you for having me on and yeah if people want to pre-order it's available now anywhere you buy books but other than that yeah thank you that was fun Yes, thank you so much. Um, for anyone who hasn't read Mirren's articles before, definitely look them up. I loved the honest one, the Lamella yeah. one. You have some really great writing out there, and the book, of course. Uh, we we've been digging into it, and I can't wait to finish it. Yeah, awesome. and everyone should follow you on Twitter. Uh, yes. We'll put all the links to everything in the show notes. Great, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks again to Mirren Fader. Um, that segment was recorded at the end of June. So, um, so much has happened since then. That's right. And so why don't we wrap it up in a little segment called Previously on Basketball. Previously, I'm mad about you. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Janine Garofalo was the daughter. <laughs> Oh my God. I pulled that from an episode with Janine Garofalo at the beginning. It was the final episode. No way. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Very exciting. Anyway. Never seen it. I, I'm too young. Sorry. You're too young for Mad About You. <laughs> I was too young for Mad About You. All Same. Right. The Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks advance to the 2021 NBA Finals. Giannis's status is day-to-day -day after suffering knee injury during Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. WNBA announces 99% of its players are fully vaccinated. Carmelo Anthony wins the first Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Award. NCAA policy now allows players to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. Nate McMillan is promoted from interim to permanent head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Dennis Schroeder would like a contract in the $100 to $120 million range, please. Same. <laughs> ESPN's Rachel Nichols is caught on tape disparaging colleague Maria Taylor. Patrick Beverly will be suspended one game without pay for shoving Chris Paul in the back. Uh, okay. Let's well. look at the big shove in question. <laughs> yes, which we already got to witness. So. Oh, what? I mean. That's as unsportsmanlike as it gets. Patrick Beverly losing control. He said something. <sighs> Paul said something to him. So Paul did not say anything to him, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> uh, it later on came out that Chris Paul 
didn't say anything. He just was walking away and Bev shoved him hard in the back. But whatever the reason, someone said that maybe Devin Booker was talking shit or whatever. And then Beverly had like a little tweet about it. Right. He said at CP3 emotions got the best of me last night, gang. My bad wasn't meant for you. Congrats on making it to the finals. Best of luck. Was it meant for you? Hmm. I don't know if we saw the same shove. <laughs> it's very Beverly. <laughs> Look, I it's sometimes it's very hard to love Patrick Beverly. He is uh, a real hothead of a man. <laughs> um in this situation, I was not on his side. I think it was very a very lame move to shove someone that hard from behind where they don't even see you coming. Yeah. And, you know, CP3 was on the floor, rolling around. Ow, 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 ow. He could have been <laughs> seriously hurt. Thankfully, he wasn't. But, yeah. Uh, but actually, Agata and I were at this game. That's right. And we were the ones who said something that he thought <laughs> came from Chris Paul. <laughs> So that was meant for us. (laughs) Yeah, we have been practicing our Chris Paul voice. um, (laughs) And uh, we, you know, we were just talking shit. We were like, Beverly, you little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Beverly, that's an old woman's name. Saying stuff like that. And Beverly. And so, so Pat, like Pat Bev, just he heard our voices carry from the crowd. And he was like, this guy's talking shit. I'm going to push him. So we want to issue a formal apology for our part in this incident. You know, we didn't mean to do what we did and it wasn't meant for him. No, it wasn't meant for him. It wasn't meant for him and his wasn't meant for us or yeah, for CP3. None of I mean. it was meant for any of us. Uh, but that being said, um, so glad we got to go to that game. We had great seats. We didn't see the actual shove, but we heard everyone gasp and then saw CP3 on the floor. And we were like, what the heck? Yeah, we were we were right in the middle of the action. We saw Vin Diesel and Lil Wayne. <laughs> How did we not talk about Vin Diesel? Okay, that was the most exciting part of the <laughs> game for me is we... we had amazing seats we were right behind like where all the celebs were sitting and we saw well we were coming back from the bathroom yeah and we saw a little commotion a hubbub uh right right in front of where our seats were and people were standing up and we were like what's going on what's going on and grabs my arm (laughs) i grabbed her (laughs) and i see i just see a shining bald head and i'm like it's 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 I start panicking. Uh, I don't know what to do. Everyone's trying to get a picture with him. I'm just in shock. And then we realize, like, he his kids are sitting, like, in the row ahead of us. And he's sitting courtside because they were, like, going to show him on TV. Uh, but uh, whenever- Essentially, it was, like, a little Fast 9 promo because right. they showed him on TV and they were, like, Fast 9 in theaters now or whatever. Right, and it, but it was like when the camera went off of him, he came back to hang out with his kids um, and his like entourage or whatever. But it's also like, it was like the third quarter or the fourth quarter maybe. Like It was very intense, very exciting. He's just standing in the aisle talking to his kids like 
back turned to the game. So then the people on the side of him were start like <laughs> getting upset. And they're like, hey, man, can you move? We're watching the game. This guy goes, hey, dude, there's a game going on here. And I'm like, I cannot believe he just said that to Vin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then Vin goes over and starts squatting. He, I have a photo. Maybe we can include this, Gabe, uh, with somehow. Uh, he's just like squatting by the courtside seats. Yeah, like he didn't want to go back to his seat. Yeah, but but he was he was trying to be polite and move out of people's way because he's just like standing with his big old shiny head. <laughs> <sighs> I got so distracted. <laughs> yeah, it was very distracting. It's hard sitting that close. I don't mean to. Um, complain because it was also amazing but there's so much going on i felt so overwhelmed and it we was crazy we weren't even courtside can you imagine being courtside like i would be just like yeah going bonkers well, i feel i don't know i feel like where we were is like the most chaotic because yeah. courtside you're not you're not you're not like dealing with all all the people around you as much and like when we went to the game last week it was like we were up at the very top of Stable Center, surrounded by like Suns fans, Lakers fans, and here it was like there was it was mostly just Clippers fans. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of Suns fans, but like, but then the Clippers fans started like yelling at the Suns players. One of the guys was like screaming at Jay Crowder like oh my the God. whole game. They another were- another guy was screaming at Devin Booker like. Your girlfriend's a hoe. Like he was, it, being, he was such being an asshole. So rude. Yeah. I, and then I you wish could they see had him. pulled him out. Actually. Yeah, and you could see you could see at one point Devin Booker came over and was like, "What? Fuck you, man!" Because he because we were close enough that you could hear. And he he kind of was like, "Come on down here," like, <laughs> and which don't do that, Book. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't invite them to come. Yeah. Down there. And a couple people were like, "Is was that you guys talking shit?" And honestly. It was at first. <laughs> we got too wrapped up in it. We were talking about how Kendall Jenner is a hoe. No, uh, I would never. <laughs> she um, seems like a lovely young lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with her, but um, that he was right next to us. Yeah. So we were right in the middle of the action. We really were. Oh, man, that was such a wild night. I'm really glad that we went. It was so fun. Yeah, me too. And also, I I don't know if I told you this, Agata, but I actually walked out I a- after the ceremony and everything. I walked out right behind Billy Crystal and his wife. Ooh. And this guy who was still in the seats, he goes, oh my God, that's Billy Crystal. And he's like a young man who's like, you know, c- looks kind of tough. And he goes, hey, Billy, I love Forget Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of all the movies, right. you love the, the romance. I mean, I guess it's about basketball, but it was I just thought it was funny. Vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was game six uh, of the Clipper Suns. And, you know, it was a sad night for me. You, I'm sure, had mixed emotions. I did. But- I was sad and happy at the same time. Yeah. But also, like, I was just proud of the Clippers for every single game they won. I was like, oh, shit, cool. One more. All right. So I wasn't that disappointed or upset about anything. But it was very fun that we got to see the last of it. Yeah. And um, 
I I have to say, I'm so proud of the Clippers and Paul George, especially he afterwards was like, yeah, I, you know, he was kind of like down on himself a little bit. And I was Mm -hmm. like, dude, you got so far with so many injured players, especially Kawhi, your main dude. So like they should be proud. Like they did such a good job. And, you know, I agree. Yeah. Good job. Clip clop and congrats to the Suns. We're, you know, we're rooting for them. Shout out to all of our Suns cuties. Yeah. We are on the Sun train. Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo, choo. And uh, newsflash uh, Anastasia will be at uh, game one of the oh, finals. So. When's that on Tuesday? Yeah. Tomorrow from when we're recording this. Yesterday from when you're listening to this. <laughs> that's so um, that's so fun. I'm so excited. My sister surprised me. I'm in Arizona right now. We're all in different places again. Mm. Did you get a ticket for me? Um my sister said, Hey, should I get a ticket for Agata? And I was like, No, 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 definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought we I thought we were at least acquaintances after three years of doing this show. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want her there. She's stinky. Uh, just kidding. No, my sister has season tickets. So this is just like a part of her season or she has a half season. So this is a part of her half season package is when there's playoff games, they offer like she can refuse to to get them, but they offer her the tickets. And uh, so I'm, I'm actually stealing my brother-in-law's seat. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. But they're going to go to another one down the line uh, when I won't be in town. So, Okay. Well, get us some good shots of Devin Booker's butt. (laughs) You know I will. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about Rachel Nichols. It'll be. Isn't this the second time she's been caught on tape talking trash? So I think, no, I think this is the same incident. They just didn't release... Because the, there there was a story that came out like a, last summer where it was like she was on tape and there the content of what she was saying wasn't discussed. Oh. So I think it was like people were making a lot of assumptions and it wasn't until now that it was like, oh, that's what this was about? Like, man, it's a bad look for her. She's She's basically, she's not directly saying it, but she is kind of roundabout saying that her you know, that she wasn't given the NBA finals job reporting job uh, because of ESPN wanting to be with the diversity times. Yeah. I don't know. I think we have the video. Let's see what she says. That's a better way to do this. I wish Rachel all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your like, crappy long-time record on diversity, which, by the way, I myself, like, know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just, you know, find it somewhere else. Like, you're not going to find it with me and taking my thing away. Like, taking my thing away is interesting. Like, oh, that's your thing? Like, yeah, you have so the rights to it? She's talking about Maria Taylor. Um, yeah, and the entitlement of being like, this is my thing. And this woman of color is coming in and taking it away from me. And it's, and she's only getting it because of 
diversity reasons. Yeah. It's like, it's such a gross way to talk about it. Um, it's implying that Maria Taylor doesn't deserve it based on her, you know, her abilities, past, her experience, her yeah. abilities, uh, her knowledge. And th- and this is kind of a uh, like societal problem too, where a lot of times, like when it comes to like being more inclusive and bringing on more diversity, the people who were in power before, which is, you know, white men and white women, uh, they feel threatened. They feel like their position is threatened um, and that they're, they're losing things that they deserve because they have to make way for quotas or, you know, diversity hires or whatever. And it's, it's fucked up because any woman of color who has made it to the, to where Maria Taylor is like, she's been through the unimaginable things. (laughs) Yeah. None of us have like, she has fought hard through plenty of bullshit that I'm sure she's never mentioned and will never mention um, to be where she is. Uh, A woman of color has to, has to be much stronger, smarter, better than everyone else to get to the same position as a white woman. Um, So um, that implication that she doesn't deserve it is extremely fucked up. Um, And uh, fuck you, Rachel Nichols. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the whole diversity hire quote unquote argument is just a shitty one. And people need to check themselves before they start thinking that way or talking that way, because the truth is there's room for everyone at the top. You don't have to be doing what Rachel Nichols is doing, which is like claiming everything for yourself. You know, uh, yeah. she Rachel Nichols is doing plenty. <laughs> right. Right. She, her her and job's like, not in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. And this like this argument that they're like fighting over, you know, the only spots that are available to women. Like, sure, there's there's truth to that as well but like she why fight the other only why fight another woman on that right she's not your she's not your competition yeah (laughs) that issue is with the networks who definitely have an issue with that obviously but turning that on the people who've worked their way up to where you are is just it's gross and it's i mean she's getting rightfully torn apart (laughs) about this and it yeah. seems like something that she might never recover from well uh that sucks do better <laughs> rachel nichols yeah let's uh let's move on to the um ncaa new policy so this is interesting so now college players are going to be able to get paid for their name image and likeness which is something that schools have been making money on for decades, you know, writing for even after a player's gone, you know, they can still sell their Jersey and that player doesn't get shit from it. Uh, Let's look at this tweet from university of Iowa's Jordan Bohannon. Bohannon. Yeah. So this is something I found. Um, There were some examples of people already taking advantage of the new policy. Um, Master P's son is yeah. one of them. Uh, but this is just one thing I saw that I thought was kind of funny. Okay, it says the world's coolest fireworks store, Iowa Boomin, is excited to welcome the world's best three-point shooter at Jordan Bow. Tomorrow, July 1st at 4.30, come meet J. Bow, get his autograph, buy some fireworks, and get entered in a raffle for signed memorabilia. 
memorabilia. Red, white, and booming. I mean, I have known nothing about this guy, um, but when I him for milking it, when I look at his face, I do think fireworks. (laughs) I mean, Um, this guy—he looks like a guy that would, you know, I would walk by doing a a keg stand at a party. Yeah. But yeah, this is so funny. Immediately they're like, "Hell yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do appearances. I'm going to get money uh signing autographs or whatever." Shout out to Iowa Boomin. <laughs> <laughs> uh this news is great though. Like I'm glad that the players are going to be getting something in return for what they're doing. Yeah. Which is putting their bodies and health at risk. Right, exactly. Um, one a long time ago, uh, I um, w- the place where I worked, I was chit chatting with one of the se- security guards, and he told me he had just graduated from Cal from Berkeley, and he was a starter for their football team, and he blew out his knee and completely like ruined his football career. So he was working as a security guard, but he was like trying, he was trying to get into like sports media, but I was like, damn, that sucks. And like, yeah, the, you know, if, if that's the end of your career is college, why not make a little money? You know, especially since the school's making tons of money off of you. Yeah. Milk it until you got to get that insurance job like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, We had, there was so much, I mean, literally so much happened this week, but there were so many cute moments after the conference finals of just people being really nice to each other. Should we look at some? That's our bread and butter. We love it. (laughs) All right. Let's look at DeAndre Ayton talking about Chris Paul. Oh, I love CP, man. Um, Like I said, that's that's really the only teammate that really pushed me. Like big bro type push, knowing what I got and that I never thought that I had. I think is he was the best thing that happened to my career. No, so cute. He is wearing a shirt of Devin Booker as well, which is which, just adorable. It's Devin Booker with a broken nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know we love when they're friends. We love when they we love when they help each other out. You know, Chris Paul one of the most i would say hated players in the league but it's undeniable that he's a good teammate i mean he he took this team and really pumped them up in a way they needed a leader and they got one in him you know let's see what chris paul had to say actually to see his growth man i, I get goosebumps seriously man uh we didn't have some heated conversations <laughs> this season especially earlier in the season but uh man I, I genuinely love him. You know what I'm saying? The person that he is and to see everything that's coming to him, national audience getting to see who he is and why he's the number one pick. I couldn't be happier for him. And he's wearing an original Queens of Comedy <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I I just love how, I love how emotional everyone gets after a big win like this. And they, you know, it's like, obviously there's a lot of toxic masculinity bullshit in sports but this is like one of the acceptable times to be like Mm -hmm. just gushy about your teammates and 
how excited you are and how you love everyone. It's 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 lovely. I love it. Uh, let's okay. So let's look at what Reggie Jackson had to say after they lost. It was the most challenging year. The most fun year. Uh, ups and downs. Guys being injured. Uh, still finding my way in this locker room. First thing I told those guys is thank you for saving me. Oh. So cute. I mean, he was a big part of why the Clippers kept pulling it out. Yeah. Many games after everyone expected them to be out. Um, so I love that. I hope he comes back. He's what a little cutie pie. Seriously. All right. So each week we highlight our favorite comments made by the members of our Cutie Nation Discord. It's the cutie comment of the week. Now to leave a great comment. This week's comment is from J-Rock. J-Rock says, since I was the only one to have the Suns and the Bucks in the finals, I'm pretty sure my lead is safe at this point. Um, And then a screenshot of the bracket that we did in uh, the Cutie Nation Discord, which I did forget to sign up for, but (laughs) (laughs) I was told that I could still just claim victory as one of the mods of the Discord. So uh, sorry to all the members of Cutie Nation Discord. I am the winner, even though I didn't even do it. (laughs) Oh, man, I wish I had forgotten to sign up because... (laughs) I came in last place. No, oh, no. Like, who did you, who did far, you pick? I can, I don't remember. I mean, I feel like I would have done well if I did it because I I was saying Suns and Buck Suns Bucks for a long time. So I don't know. Yeah. I never know. I think I had Suns Nets in the final, um, but I did have. I I was pretty high up there for a long time because. I had the Western Conference pretty well predicted mm-hmm. and the Eastern Conference I I didn't do as well. I didn't know the Hawks were going to go as far as they did, for example. Yeah, well, we we do stuff like this in our Discord. We do um we also have a fantasy league that we do. So, if you want to join in on any of that, please do. You just got to sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash dunktown and join the fun. Speaking of our Patreon, we are just a few days away from our next goal, which was to get to 125 patrons before Space Jam opening night. Don't check the numbers. (laughs) 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 But... (laughs) We're doing it. Sorry. We're going to do it. Uh, yeah. You know, there's still a chance that, you know, more people will sign up. We hope so. Uh, we appreciate everyone. We've gotten a lot of new signups recently. So we appreciate everyone new that's joined. Um, and we will be doing that live stream. So uh, sign up if you want to join. We'll, we'll post details in the Patreon. Um, and yeah, it'll be a fun watch along. Um, I would sign up just for that if it were me. But yeah. <laughs> It's going to be great. Um, it's time for our mail basket. What do you got? Sorry. <laughs> what do you got for me today, Gabe? Oh, it's a voicemail. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's hear it. I'm timer friend. <laughs> um, remember the one time I think I left a message and it was like, 
I was trying to talk about our uh, fantasy league, but I called them all characters <laughs> because I'm like one of the dumbest guys. Uh, that was interesting. I never traded anybody or did anything with that league. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is my strategy. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hope to see you at uh, 10 times down the line. God bless and take care. Okay. Uh, that's our good friend Andy Knees. Um, he's referencing a voicemail that I don't think we ever played on the show. He left us a very long voicemail about the fantasy league that we did. Uh, the first one that he was part of where he uh, did not look at it at all, did not do anything, did not tr- put anyone on his bench even one time. <laughs> um, and he did refer to all the players as characters, which was very funny because uh, they're real human beings. <laughs> um, that's a teaser for something that's going to come out in the future. Yeah, Keep your ears open. Yeah. Unclog them. <laughs> We're going to take a little break uh, during the Olympics, but you're not going to take a break. You're going to get new episodes every week still. And so we've been working hard recording stuff in advance. And that yeah. was that's a little sneak peek. Yeah. Make <laughs> sure to keep an ear out. Um, we're very excited to have a little bit of time off. But yeah, like you said, we've got a ton of fun stuff that we've pre-recorded. Um, so don't worry. Don't, don't worry that you're going to open your podcast app on Wednesday and be like, no, where <laughs> And are dust they? comes out. Yeah. Because <laughs> they will still be there. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, but we just won't be recording new episodes and it kind of lines up because you know, NBA season will be over. WNBA will be on break. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be chilling. Poolside, daiquiris. Mommy and daddy need a break. Yeah. Mommies and daddy. <laughs> yeah. Your mommies and your daddy. That's us. Yeah. (laughs) We need a break. We've been working hard. We deserve it. Exactly. We Um, deserve to be buns out poolside pina coladas. Yeah. And if you have a problem with that, you better stop. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put you in time out. Every mommy and daddy needs a break. Um, If you want to send us something to do for a future episode, we would love that. Um, emails at hyatnook.town or leave a message like Andy did. Uh, maybe try speaking into the microphone so we can hear all the words you're saying. Yeah, don't be Mr. <laughs> Mumbles like Andy was. <laughs> yeah, the message is, or the number is 903-420-DUNK. Uh, just tell us about what's going on. There's not going to be much basketball, but if you just want to talk about anything, you know what? Tell us, Tell us what your summer fun is. Like, what's some of your summer fun going on? Like, oh yeah, what are you doing? Summer treats, uh, you know, activities, trips. What are you doing? We want to hear about it. Or if you see any players having summer fun, (gasps) like we want to see that stuff a lot. And I might be collecting some of that material for an episode when we return. We love summer vacation content. We did a whole PowerPoint about it last year. Yeah. Or not last year, two years ago now. Woo! Time flies when you're looking at summer buns. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you see anyone having a fun time on vacation, any player, let us know. Send it to us. We, yeah. we want to keep an eye on it. Uh, we'll be doing it on our end as well. And uh, I guess that's it. Uh, if you want to follow Mirin, you can follow her on Twitter at Mirin Fader. Um, She's also, um, she's got her writing up on 
The Ringer, Bleacher Report, and her website, mirrorandfader.com, and then her book's coming out August 10th. Please uh, pre-order her book. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's yeah. like I said when we were talking with her, I we got to read a little bit of it and it is so good. And so good. So interesting. Yeah. And she she interviewed like she said what over 200 people yeah. um, that knew Giannis. So it's a really good insight into who he is as a person and his whole journey. Yeah. I just love him so much. All right. Thank you all for coming on this journey with us. As always, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I'm on Twitter at echo underscore mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design. And thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Mm-hmm.